0: When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. Welcome to episode 40 of the Graveyard Shift Horror Podcast, where each week we watch a movie from the horror category and tear it down into the good, the bad, and sometimes the downright confusing. We'll talk about the plot, some production details, and anything else we think is fun and or relevant. I'm your host, Sheldon, and I never worked the graveyard shift alone. Please say hello to the guy that would still just stay home if he turned into a zombie and order stuff online instead of going to the mall, my co-host, Mike.
1: Uh, <laughs> How
0: are you, Mike?
1: I'm pretty darn good. We got to finally get to see one of the perennial classics, and uh, I'm amped up to talk about it.
0: How about you? I am good, man. So, Mike, here we are with part two of March of the Dead, our George Romero tribute. George Romero, of course, being the trailblazing creator of Night Living Dead, which we covered last week, and this, we, I, I just love this so much, like I, I loved what we did last week uh, the be- we just started off with the beginning of what is what is commonly known as the Dead series um, I, I'm still amped, like I've seen this movie so many times like all of them in the Dead series seen them so many times and I'm always so happy to get a chance to watch them again, like I love that we just had an excuse to cover these and can't wait to start talking about it um, but Last week, you gave us a little info on the early, early life of Mr. Romero. Do you have anything to add to that this week?
1: Sure, let's just continue along with some of the success that this man enjoyed, or the momentum of his career after making his mark with that black-and-white classic. Night of the Living Dead was a massive success, though Romero and his partners didn't see much of a return financially because of their failure to include the copyright notice on the release prints. <laughs> putting the movie in public domain which you know as far as money went didn't do good but i would think that because everyone could watch this movie that's what really contributed to its making a mark in the public mm-hmm. was that people could just show it for free it's kind of like it's a wonderful life that uh, like that was in public domain for a while but they reapplied the uh, the copyright later but that's the reason why it became a christmas classic was simply because it didn't cost distributors any money to uh, show it. Right. And it made it a classic, same as this. Now, the film the, there were three films that followed that weren't as popular. There's always Vanilla, which sounds like a really boring movie that takes place in a Baskin-Robbins. Jack's Wife, Season of the Witch, which I guess John Carpenter ripped off. And then The Crazies. For which is a uh, satirical thriller about a small town overtaken by a plague that causes violent madness, and then Martin, a kitchen sink psychological thriller about a young man who believes he's a vampire and acts accordingly. This sounds a lot like Nick Cage's Vampire's Kiss. I wonder which one
0: <laughs> sucked more. Oh, I'm I'm I, I have a feeling I could guess.
1: <laughs> and then Romero returned to the zombie genre with this movie in 1978, Dawn of the Dead. Shot on a budget of $1.5 million, the film earned over $55 million internationally. And was named one of the top cult hits by Entertainment Weekly in 2003. Mm-hmm. And then he, af- soon afterwards, he shot Night Riders, a, fil- a festival about a group of modern-day jousters who reenact tournaments on motorcycles. And Creepshow, 1982, written by Stephen King, an anthology of tongue-in-cheek tales modeled after 50s horror comics. This led to the, the cult classic success of Creepshow led to the creation of Tales from the Dark Side, a horror anthology series running from 1983 to 1988. And well, the rest will be talked about later, but this was, this was where things were going, and they were going good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. As pivotal as night of the living dead was um a lot of people and i have to agree this was the film that really set the zombie genre on fire this was the one that really brought us the zombie as we know it today and before we break down this movie here is some info on dawn of the dead Created in 1978, Donna of the Dead is an American zombie film directed and written by George Romero in collaboration with Italian filmmaker Dario Argento, who is also pretty well known in the zombie business. It was released 10 years after Night of the Living Dead, but the story picks up within days of where the first film left off. The film has a 93% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 90% audience score and I think both are well-deserved and you already talked about the budget of course 1.5 million dollars had a box office run of approximately 55 million dollars that's over 36 times its budget (laughs) that's amazing (laughs) yeah
1: safe safe to say
0: it done good yes so as for the plot if you are one of the few people that haven't seen this one yet Following an ever-growing epidemic of zombies, two Philadelphia SWAT team members, a traffic reporter, and a television exec seek refuge in a secluded shopping mall. Okay, so Mike, I think we're both pretty much agreed that this was a pretty fantastic film. Plenty to talk about. Absolutely. So, since we have plenty to talk about, why waste any more time? Let's get to it like I said earlier we're going to talk about the good, the bad and a little category we like to call what the fuck is where we throw things that we just found confusing, really had no explanation, stuff that just da- dumbfounded us dumb Jesus, I can't talk. <laughs> dumbfounded us. And uh yes, and usually in a pretty hilarious way, we've had a pretty good a few good laughs at this at some of the things in this movie. But we're going to start with the good. Uh, This is where we get to be as broad or as specific as we want. You know, we're going to talk about the good things, whether it's a certain scene, an overall theme, could be a certain line of dialogue, dialogue, could be just something in the background that caught our attention. Whatever it is, something that we liked about this movie. And as tradition, we will start with Mike. Uh
1: yeah first good thing that i liked was uh so much to talk about in the beginning with the keystone cops doing a raid (laughs) and we've got super racist mario leading the charge and getting his wish and then his just rewards Mm -hmm. as he's chomping at the bit just being like a total racist asshole Talking about how he's going to deal with all these, well, I'm not going to use the words he used because I'm not that racist, but he's got, like, Puerto Rican and black people in the building and he's just, like, he can't wait to put them in their place and, like, I guess he wants them to know this is, like, white man's America when it's actually becoming pale, gray, leathery, skin-faced America. But he don't care about that. He gets to kill dirt people. And he's happy as can be. Kicking in doors, being a real shitbag. And then finally one of the cops is just like, Hey, listen, I like killing minorities as much as the next guy. Jesus. But you need to calm down.
0: Yeah, I think one of the cops summed up nicely. woolly's gone eat shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, so they try pulling him back a few times. And he's just like, frothing at the mouth. Like, needing to kick in this door. Like, it's, it's his life's mission. His dying wish. He needs to kick in this door and blast whoever's inside. Um, he finally kicks in the door, and as soon as as soon as he raises up his weapon, that's when his own men shoot him in the back. And I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. A Little cop on
0: cop violence. That's sure. I love that line though. First <laughs> when uh, the first time I saw this movie, uh, I was a teenager, and uh, me and a group of my friends watched it, and that was the first time we heard a line. You know, someone yelling out, Well, he's got ape shit. We use that line for years, like well into our adult life, where if we were doing something and someone went off on a rant or, you know, we saw something like a little, someone getting into, getting a little violent about anything. We all, one of us will always shout out, well, he's got an shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh yeah. So seeing a, a, a totally racist psychopath getting his just rewards. Mm that that put a smile on my face so that made my good
0: my good call awesome so since you uh, you started off with like one of the great scenes from this movie and like so early on too which was what was so great about it like the you did they didn't waste any time really getting into this one um the gore in this movie because we see some good gore right in this early scene uh, one of the highlights would be definitely the exploding head
1: Oh, he just kicks, in the, kicks door. in the door. This one guy looks at him. He doesn't even get to say, like, hey, I'm alive or anything, because the guy's just like, I don't care, you're black.
0: Bam! <laughs> he just decapitates Jeez, him with a shotgun. But the head literally explodes. And uh, this, of course, uh, the gore, this was Tom Savini's, the special effects genius. Uh, one of the, the top names in practical effects when it comes to horror movies. This was his premiere movie. Um. He was actually supposed to be the special effects guy in Night of the Living Dead. That was supposed to be his movie premiere. And fortunately, before they got a chance to start filming, he got drafted into the Vietnam War.
1: <laughs> did, did he consider research on watching, uh, on how to recreate people dying? Well, you know... I need to go witness it firsthand for a couple of years, then I'll be really good at one it. Of
0: his, uh, one of his techniques when it came to recreating, like... Uh, Gore like limbs, dead bodies, and thing, was actually using uh, photos of real corpses as a base. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read that because uh, he directed the uh, he directed and supervised the special effects in uh, the Night of the Living Dead remake, and that was one of the things that he said he had his team do was to uh, to make the people do to make the prosthetics to make the actors look like real living corpses. They studied pictures of actual corpses. Yeah, so, um, yeah, you know, gruesome technique, but it's effective. But, yeah, so what a premiere, though. Like, this is the first time that anybody saw his special effects on film. And how.
1: Was this his his first actual job? This was his first
0: first movie premiere. This is the first movie that he actually did special effects for. Damn, come out the gate swinging. Yeah, really. But that head exploded, and literally, I looked it up, you know, how they did the exploding head. They made a prosthetic head. They shot it with a shotgun. <laughs> that's the whole. Thing. That's that's how they got that. But yeah, it's like some of the uh, zombie kills. Like uh, even he played one of the characters. Of course, the uh, leader of the uh, raiders, the biker team that we see uh, towards the end of the movie. Didn't he play like six people in this movie? I have no idea. The only one that I'm positive about is the uh, the leader Blades. I think his name was. There's one scene where he puts a machete through a zombie's head. Is freaking amazing yeah just uh just what a way to showcase what you can do
1: yeah he was also in the movie as a zombie
0: oh i'm not surprised
1: yeah he played like six different characters in this but blades was the one that actually spoke
0: right yeah he's and he's such a cool guy uh just before we started recording i sent mike a picture of uh, me from 2011 i think i was at the wizard world comic con in Toronto. And actually got to meet Tom Savini. Uh, maybe I'll throw that picture up on our social media, so you guys can take a look. He was super cool. I couldn't believe it when I saw him there. He's like at his at his booth. There's no one else around him. I walk right up, say, "Hey, I really like your stuff," and you know, shook hands, talked about some horror movies, took a selfie. He autographed uh, a copy of. Uh, I had a copy of Fangoria magazine with him on the cover. That he autographed for me, and just such like a down-to-earth super cool guy it was one of the highlights of my life meeting him and it was just like a 10 10 minute chat so just just such an awesome dude okay so you talked about that opening scene we talked about the gore what else you got in the good category
1: my next like is that during after the um after the reporter the reporters get in the get to the helipad And they go to a dock to get some supplies, and they find some SWAT guys cleaning out some shit. That's when they meet Roger and uh, Peter, I think it is? Yeah. Or was Peter Flyboy?
0: No, Peter is uh, Ken Forey's character.
1: Right. So they meet Peter and Roger, two SWAT guys who are just a little bit tired of doing this whole protecting and serving thing when the world is collapsing. So they hitch a ride with the news crew. And as they're flying through the helicopter, she tries to get to know Peter a little bit better. And Francine's just like, so do you have any family? He's like, well, I left some brothers a while back. And she asks, real brothers or street brothers? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is that not the whitest question anyone can ask?
1: Oh, my God. At this point, she was so white, I'm surprised he didn't need protective eyewear to look at her.
0: I actually have those two listed in my notes as uh, Flybo- Flyboy and... Girl, I, I didn't even write their name I wrote Flyboy and girlfriend and uh, <laughs> I got next to them chronically white
1: they are so fucking white oh my god R- real brothers or street brothers and he just casually replies both mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm taking it's like he, he's so used to it it doesn't even bother him when he hears the question anymore
0: <laughs> I gotta tell you, I don't know where I got this from. This is a line from a movie, but uh describe these two, it fits perfectly. If they were any more white, they'd be clear.
1: <laughs> That's true. Okay. It's true. true. okay, so what's your next leg? Like?
0: Okay, so, a great segue, because you're talking about the characters getting together. They may have started off rocky, but... Unlike the characters in *Night of the Living Dead*, these guys actually worked together and accomplished something.
1: Yeah, they cooperated. It was suddenly—it was such a great, refreshing take from the uh, from the original one, where they actually did get to cooperate, despite the fact that the white people were so friggin' useless. (laughs) Or the white couple. That the the white cop that was with them—he was pretty gung ho until he lost his marbles.
0: Yeah, he uh, he got sloppy. But, uh, yeah, these characters, they actually worked together. You know, they all had a common interest. They found a good place to settle down, something they thought that they might be able to make work. They f- cleared it out. They fortified it. They, had, you know, they recognized what they had to do. They cooperated and got the job done. What a difference from the original movie where uh, these people, people could have cooperate. easily have made it, you know, other than the daughter that got bitten, if they had just worked together and came up with a good plan.
1: Yeah, this is what, this is what happened when a good plan came together. Oh, and I just found out that uh, Tom Savini, his uh, he, his roles was blades, assistant head biker, mechanic, zombie shot through glass, zombie hit by truck.
0: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> okay, so tell me something else from the good.
1: Uh, well, when the super cop, when they were gassing up the helicopter. They get attacked by zombies when they spread out, and Super Cop has to show news guy how to do a headshot twice. <laughs> like, the first time he shot him in the head, you think the guy would have picked up on it, but no, he's back to shooting people in the chest. And then Roger comes along and does a headshot again, like, how many times do I have to show you,
0: you yeah. dumbass? He shows like, him, yeah. and he's like, you know, Flyboy has a look on his face like, Burr. <laughs> and it's just yeah, it's uh incredible. And um somebody needs to explain to I had to explain to Flyboy as well that uh when you're firing a gun at uh at a target, there's quite a chance quite a good chance you're gonna hit the things behind a target as well. So maybe make sure you have a clear line of sight.
1: <laughs> yeah, but let's have a trajectory. So like if they're not gonna stop in a, in a zombie's head they're gonna go right through it like zombies apparently there's apparently they decalcify when they die
0: <laughs> okay so next on the list so we already talked about the, uh, the SWAT team scene uh, since we're there because we're this is around the time when uh, you know uh, flyboy was getting his little shooting lesson the uh, helicopter zombie. I freaking love that scene. They're refueling the helicopter. They find like a little place that's un- unguarded. There's no one around. It's abandoned. A uh, little fuel station. So they set the helicopter down. They start refueling, and uh, over the sound of the uh, the engine, uh, over the sound of the engine, and just you know not paying attention, of course, a zombie starts to creep up on Roger, who's refueling the the uh, the tr- the copter. And I know some people are a little iffy about the scene because as good as Tom Savini is you could tell something was up with the guy that played the uh, the zombie in this. Because um, he had a flat top that would have put Herman Munster to shame. <laughs> <laughs> so you know how they did it, of course. You've got just uh, you know a prosthetic head and it looks very misshapen.
1: Well, For those who haven't seen the movie, just uh, you, you, for, you glossed over
0: how the zombie is dispatched. Oh, no, I'm going to talk about that. You can, like, we, we know what's going to happen. as soon Like, I think the first time I saw this movie, as soon as I saw that zombie, it's like, wow, why does his head look like that? And then I thought, oh, I know what's going to happen. He, uh, so, the, of course, the helicopter rotors are still spinning because apparently it's okay to fuel a helicopter while it's still, uh, while it's still, the engine's still running. <laughs> uh,
1: right, because how like everyone at the gas station always fills up their car while it's running. Of course,
0: yeah. Um, that's never ended in tragedy. Um, <laughs> I really thought that this scene was going to go somewhere else, but I'll let you finish first. Yeah. So, Flyboy is filling up the. Hel- uh, this zombie starts walking towards him. There's some crates, I think, like around the uh, around the helicopter. The zombie steps up on one of the crates to walk over it. Head goes into the rotors. <laughs> Just slices the top of the head off. <laughs> yeah, we get to see
1: a, we get to see more than a little taken off the top.
0: Oh yeah, he uh, loses his flat top mullet. I guess is the best way I could describe what's going on there. <laughs> and, and, like I said, it was you could right away you knew how this was done because his head looked so misshapen. There's no way that was a real person's head, but still <laughs> like a damn cool scene, damn cool effect. <laughs>
1: In the day of no CGI, I mean, how how can you take away from a person's skull to make room for the rig?
0: Yeah, exactly. So great, I just love that scene. I mean, that that is classic right there. And uh, when you start talking about uh, this movie, *Donna the Dead*, someone always brings up that scene. It is very memorable. Love it.
1: You know, I had the I I honestly thought it was going to go a different way. I thought that Roger was going to open fire on the zombie and because he's got the gas tank open a spark is going to go off the gun into the helicopter blow it up and set him on fire.
0: Oh, you thought Roger was going to get dispatched early.
1: Yeah, I thought Roger in his gung-ho cowboy manner was going to fire his gun near open gasoline (laughs) and immediately discover oh shit these things do not go together.
0: (laughs) Nope, that's uh definitely a possibility cuz man that uh there there's a reason why you're you're always told your entire life never have an engine running while you're refueling. Okay, so what else you got for the good?
1: Uh I love the I love the scene where they're just jamming in the arcade. <laughs> yeah. Like they're in the mall and like a bunch of people who didn't grow up in an era of video games all just decide let's go play some video games.
0: Yeah. I love and they do. Yeah, that and whole... that racing game is weird. Nineteen seventies <laughs> video games, man. You um, get to see
1: some Atari level action going on. It's pretty dope.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I love that whole montage. Like everything, like the the arcade was part of a montage where you know their plan worked. They've got the whole thing secured, and they can finally take a breather for a little while, and they're just they're just having fun. So yeah, love that scene. That was great. Uh, how about you? Oh well, I got to mention this because we've already mentioned Tom Savini a couple times. The uh, the Raiders, the biker gang that shows up, <laughs> was that just? Well, I mean, it, it leads into the climax of the movie, of course, because these these gangs show up and realize that there's someone's got this mall barricaded there's people been living there they're spying on them they see them using the helicopter they are landing the helicopter on the roof and they know there's some good stuff inside but just the just the amount of entertainment in the few minutes on screen from the time we first see this uh, these uh, raiders until the end of the movie is just fantastic
1: oh yeah and these raiders are just idiocy and chaos (laughs) Like, when they hit the mall, you think, oh, they're going to do the smart thing and clear out the zombies, you know, so they can focus all their efforts and manpower on the survivors, and then they'll take over the mall. Yeah. But then you see them just, like, throwing themselves, like, one into a group of zombies, (laughs) and just, like, and then they hit the the cafeteria, and they start throwing pies in the face, like is slapstick really worth losing a delicious meringue pie yes. and possibly the last meringue pies?
0: Uh, were those pies ones that I, I'm hoping is ones that the uh, that the four like you know our main characters had made using like the uh, the cooking equipment in the cafeteria to make, and this is not something left over from the since the mall's been abandoned.
1: Oh uh, yeah, because those would be either frozen stiff, in which case they wouldn't like be all foamy on the zombies. They would they would be like.
0: Yeah, wide circular bricks. So I'm hoping some fresh p- uh, pies that like our <laughs> our main guys have made. those maybe like, uh, who knows? Maybe uh, Peter and Flyboy were like you know, in their spare time they were pastry chefs or something.
1: <laughs> hey,
0: look at me, Flyboy! Bam!
1: <laughs> yeah, so just like just... just like that guy who used to be on TV and is probably wandering around as a zombie.
0: Yep, <laughs> that last 20 minutes of the movie, from the time we see the raiders until the end. Oh, damn, like, this whole thing is out of control. These guys are insane.
1: And they're, they're not intelligent. You'd think, being living on the road, that they would be the most savvy, battle-hardened, <laughs> sharpened, yeah. experienced fighting force. I mean, they live out on the fucking road. They don't even have shelter. So they would You think that they would be used to being out on, wa- like, having watches, like have like, a good military precision survival instinct. But no, they're not. They're fucking imbeciles.
0: Yeah, you think like people on the road that have lasted this long would have had some uh would have had some like major survival skills by this point.
1: Yeah, they would have experience in like siege warfare and taking up formations, but no, they just show up like these guys <laughs> like zombies are not a threat. And then we get to see beautiful shit where their idiocy actually gets them killed and you're like, "Finally, they aren't just given like plot armor." and they actually do get swarmed and they don't even seem to care they don't seem to be looking out for each other like there's no there's no protection in this we just get to watch these raiders get their fucking asses kicked yeah and uh, there's so much there's so
0: much I could talk about these raiders but there's some things that I need to save for later on (laughs) just so they show up it's hilarious Uh, of course they put a major major crimp in the uh uh, in the plans of our, not the plans, but in uh, the uh, the well being, the well being of our main cast, and uh, they just they just fuck everything up. Basically, <laughs> they don't really take anything except for some perfume bottles. They're like stealing like, okay, and money. You're okay. You go for like you go for food and like supplies. Uh, no, they
1: waste the food.
0: They take they waste the food. Jesus, they throwing with some pies at co- zombies like.
1: We, With this Keystone Cop bullshit again We we start with Keystone Cops and the SWAT force and then we end with The Keystone Cops pie fight But they're stealing jewelry
0: and They're stealing zombies wallets At one point
1: They they roll a zombie Miss Cleo Who's just like this black girl With like tons of jewelry and rings And they just like put her down on the bench And they start taking the rings off her finger And the zombie actually seems upset that she's being robbed Yeah Rather than like, oh brain, ugh. And uh, there were so many close calls where these guys should have been fucking killed. Like, were they, were they damn near put their fingers in a zombie's mouth and somehow don't get them bitten off.
0: Yeah, oh my god, the whole thing is insane. When they raid them all, it's just freaking crazy. So, yeah, like I'm going to talk about some more things because I don't want to give... There's some specific points about the raid that I want to give away, but they just... They they show up. They're friggin' hilarious, but also they're idiots. They ruin everything that uh, our our survivors have uh, accomplished, and um, unfortunately cause some deaths too. But the 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 whole scene is so entertaining. Right from the first time you see them until they're wiped out at the end, it's just amazing. Okay, so do you have anything else on the good list?
1: Uh, some of the zombies are fucking hilarious. Like, we see this one lady on the phone. <laughs> one of the zombies picks up the phone. Yeah. I think she's been, like, staying on the phone. Like, this is just, like, some joke about, like, you know, ladies, they're always on the phone. Yeah. So we just have this zombie who, her, apparently, like, her, her one her one surviving memory is being on the phone.
0: Yeah. Well, they talk <laughs> about that in a movie, you know. Um, Peter says, uh, uh, says that... Uh, uh, the reason why he thinks they're coming to the mall so many of them are gathering to the mall is just because it's part of some surviving memory way back you know in the depths of their brain this is a place that was important to them that used to come to a lot so now this one little memory of coming there is what is driving them all there so I guess yeah picking up the phone like this zombie on the phone is another one of those and this Women is something be talking. <laughs> this is something that gets explored in some of the other movies, too. So, uh, yeah, you definitely got that part right.
1: And that's my final like.
0: Okay, so I'm going to... The whole movie, and I mean, I don't want to... Like, I could just say something. Like, the story itself, just barricading the mall. It's such a smart plan. We, we've already spoken about some things, so I don't want to go to, like, listing everything because we've already talked about some things. But there's one thing in particular that I got to say, and that is Zombie Fly Guy. <laughs> poor fly guy man he meets his demise thanks to the uh, thanks to these guys raiding the store he uh, you know again it was a bit of stupidity because like Peter said we could have they could have just kept hidden let these guys you know take what they're what what going to take and then go on or let the zombies take them out whatever um, we got lots of stuff here we, the main thing is we need to survive just stay hidden once they're gone, we can. We took them all. Once we clear everything out, we can do it again.
1: Yeah, just wait for them to leave. Like they're but, not uh, here for us.
0: Yeah, and besides, they're taking stupid shit anyway. Like <laughs> it's you know some of them are taking guns and ammo and everything like that. But I mean, they're these guys are pretty well already armed, very well anyway. So um, you know, if you lose the extra yeah. guns, not a big deal.
1: Yeah, Peter was always stupid. He was like the weak link
0: from the start. Fly guy, you mean?
1: Yeah. Yeah, Flyboy. He can't. He can't shoot. Flyboy. Like, what, fly <laughs> what am I calling Fly Guy? What am I calling Fly Guy? Yeah, he's he was obviously the weak link from the beginning. He was he has showed very little survival yeah. skills, not much cooperation, but at least he was more, he was more personable than Mister. Uh, what was his name? Cooper, Hooper, Duper, Cooper, Cooper.
0: Yeah, yeah. He wasn't an asshole like that. He just makes dumb decisions. And uh, he gets greedy and decides that no, like, that's our stuff, and starts, like, starts shooting at the, making pot shots at this friggin' band of what, like, 20 uh, 20 or 30 of these uh, bikers.
1: Man, the one thing I would have done is wait for one of them or two of them to get isolated, then I would have killed them quietly, put on their gear, then walk among them. As they go into other stores and I'll be like, hey, I'll help you with that. You grab this stuff and I'll hold the bag. Then, oh, then put my hand in the bag, grab a knife, and jam it into their spine. Like, I would have dressed up as a raider. Because these guys obviously can't, can't all know each other.
0: No. And they're just in a the so. mix. They're in, like, I mean, they're surrounded by fucking dozens and dozens of these zombies. So, like, there's, all, there's some confusion there. But, yeah, so Flyboy fucks up. He starts taking shots at them. Gets their attention. Of course, ends up, getting shot, climbs into, gets into the elevator and climbs on top, but they, you know, figure it out and they take some shots at him, hits him in the arm, but you think, like, the first time you see this movie, you're like, oh, like, he's hitting the arm, but, you know, it's bad, but he's gonna make it.
1: How does he get shot in the arm? He's in the, he's on top of the elevator. You think that would be the safest place since nobody would know he's there. And yet they seem to know, he, just like a fucking video game, whenever you break stealth mode, everybody knows where you fucking are right <laughs> off the bat.
0: Yeah. So he gets he takes a bullet through the arm, um, ends up you know he's bleeding a lot bleeding all over the place uh, climbs down back down to the elevator and the elevator hits the ground floor he tries to get back up but unfortunately doors open he gets swarmed gets munched on by some zombies manages even though he's getting chopped on pretty good he manages to get the like, take those zombies out get them out of the elevator <laughs> and then we get the reveal like a while after that, the elevator doors finally open up again, and poor Flyboy is now a zombie. Hmm. He's
1: still holding his gun.
0: He's still holding his gun. That was like the coolest thing because he's the gun is just like his hands are all stiff, his fingers still curled, with the gun just like not even holding the gun, it's just dangling off his finger. And he's, like, <laughs> stumbling around, this gun, just hand, like, just, it, I thought that was such a good touch, just because he died holding this gun, and now it's just kind of dangling there.
1: And apparently he broke his
0: foot. Yeah, I'm wondering if that, yeah, because he did get munched on, like, a, uh, on the leg, right? So I'm, I'm assuming it's part of that, maybe, but...
1: <laughs> you think if you pull on a tendon on your leg, it'll rotate? <laughs> <laughs> sure,
0: why not? Um... And it's cool how they played up, you know, what was his, you know, little uh, memory that he kept. Zombie Flyboy remembered that there was a fake wall that, <laughs> that covered a secret entrance. Immediately <laughs> Damn, goes zombie over to the memory. fake wall, knocks it down, and starts leading this freaking zombie horde into the area where they made their uh, little living area. So, yeah, that was... Uh, and Peter has to put him down. So, yeah, I like that. I had to add that. That was... Uh, yeah, That was more impactful for me than uh, Roger's demise. Because uh, Roger, again... People die because they do something stupid, man. They get a case of the stupids and they fuck up. And uh, yeah, like so let's let's talk about that since we've covered the good, let's talk about the bad. <laughs> okay, you first or me? I'll since you started off with the good, I'll start with the bad. Fair enough. <sighs> Damn it, George. Another flat, poorly written female character. Useless yeah. and bland. Uh up until this point, like, a, if with Dawn of Dead, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of Dead followed the same trend because I don't think that George knew how to write good female uh, roles.
1: I know, usually people write what they know, so, you know, did this guy only know useless women?
0: I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't like to use this excuse because I don't, I don't know if I really believe this, but maybe it's just a product of its time, I guess? Um, where women weren't getting, like, good roles, like, actual, like, well-written roles. But, uh, or at least not, you know, given well-written characters. But, um, yeah, this is, uh, not, like, useless is... I I don't know what else to say. There's one scene in particular where, uh, Flyboy is being attacked by zombies, like, they're actually wrestling on the ground. And she's just, like, kind of wandering around in the background. She's watching it. She's watching it happen. But she's not doing anything. She's just walking slowly and watch it ha- watching it happen.
1: Yeah, and... Uh, well, <laughs> you know, at one point, I sent you a picture of the guy of Roger... No, not Roger. Peter patting her on the head. <laughs> and your response was, who's a good girl?
0: <laughs> I also said... There, there. Shut up, stupid. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. This is uh, sorry, George. Man, love you, man. But uh, <sighs> two. Th- this is this is strike two right here when it comes to the female roles because, <laughs> goddamn. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just, just. Um, such a bad character i i i don't want to get into it too much i don't want to waste too much time on such an awful character but yeah (laughs) useless and bland is the only thing that i can say
1: uh to me uh there's some there's some bad acting in this like the goofy faces that people make (laughs) when they see a zombie I, I can't do it justice in description form but like their eyes are open their jaws are slanted they look like a broken Mr. Incredible action figure and they're just like as they're like shooting guns at people it's like it really takes the gravitas out of this you think that they would have looks of of pain but in the face of necessity but no yeah. they're just like when they're shooting at people
0: no, I uh, I agree. Like, that's... Uh, that was weird. And then there's... Uh, so since you mentioned, like, some of the uh, acting, man, there was obviously no zombie training class for the people they had playing zombies in this movie. Because, oh my God, some of the faces on the zombies? It's just amazing. Like, nobody... Uh, obviously, some of the extras had no direction at all.
1: Yeah, they just told them wander around, and the guys are just like, okay, yeah. And so nobody said nobody. And nobody said not like that.
0: Yeah, and just yeah. So I had on my list just a look at the zombies. Um, they started out looking okay, I think, like the ones in the uh, the tenement. Yeah, like they in that that comp, apartment complex, whatever the hell it was, they look good. I think mostly because they were covered in gore. You know, I, I thought that you put more time into uh, the actual look of those but uh, the large groups like at the mall it really just first of all they were just people with their faces painted like a bluish gray um so <laughs> did you see notice one scene where one of the zombies after a zombie gets killed it uh, it moves this is uh one the Raiders was killing zombies with a sledgehammer he hits one over the top of the head with the sledgehammer. She falls to the ground. Then another one, he hits another one in the chest and says I'm flying back into some kind of display. But the display starts to fall and almost lands on like the person playing the zombie, the dead zombie on the ground. And you actually see her like roll out of the way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some of these zombies seemed a little dynamic. Well, I mean, I, you can't blame her. It's like I wouldn't want something like to come crashing down on me either for the sake of a movie that I'm probably not even getting, getting paid to be in. So. Yeah,
1: my name's not even going to be in the
0: credits. Exactly. So, like, yes, fuck that. I'm not going to be known as. I'd rather be known as the zombie that breaks character rather than the uh, actor that dies on set. <laughs> or the 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 extra with
1: miss, missing an eye.
0: Yeah, but yeah, the the. Uh... I guess they're still kind of at this point. They were probably still kind of figuring, kind of trying to figure out where they were taking the zombies. We were not fully developed just yet. Um, and don't forget, there was a ten-year span between movies here, so. So
1: you think he may have forgotten a thing? Or, well, I don't think I don't think he forgot a thing or two. Like these zombies, they're acting better than the original horde, but you know, yeah. better doesn't mean good yet.
0: And it was a little inconsistent, too, because, like I said, some of them were, you know, we saw... And I, I think what, it, what happened is that some of the zombies were just supposed to be for wide shots, you know, where you get... you're not seeing anybody up close or in the background, which would have been fine. Just, you know, we'll just kind of gray, bluish-gray the faces, and they'll be fine. But I think they ended up using some of these zombies for close-ups, and that's what made it look so odd. Because then you get some other zombies, like when Roger turned into uh, a zombie... And when Flyboy was a zombie, they really had some detail put into them.
1: Yeah, they look great.
0: Like they all looked all sunken, like you know, dark sunken eyes, uh, looked very haggard and uh, kind of, um, kind of shriveled, like a bit of a shriveled look to them. Yeah, so Flyboy.
1: Flyboy looked. Uh, it looked like his makeup was styled after the uh, the cemetery zombie from the first movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Had that kind of look to them, And so, uh, I guess, like, the, you know, because they were prominent characters, they want to put a little more effort to it, but I think they just kind of dropped the ball, and uh, for some of the close-ups of the zombies, you should have took some extra time to put a little more detail into them instead of just, like, hey, here's some uh, grayish face uh, grease paint to cover your face in.
1: Yeah, so like, like, one of the black guys looked like Lionel Richie. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, oh, so I guess you're, like, shuffling on the ceiling.
0: Oh God! There's a callback. Um, okay, so what else you got for the bad?
1: Uh, I guess maybe it's just a, uh, a current political climate thing, but seeing the rednecks getting a hero's welcome by the military pissed me off. <laughs> like you think the army, who is about discipline, don't waste your ammo, be precise, and they see these gung ho good old boys just like revving through with their shotguns and like, yeah. And the armies are just like, finally, the cavalry's arrived.
0: Yeah. It's like, oh, really? My... You're in the army, like a trained military, and you can't handle this? You need, like, some uh, yokels with shotguns to take care of this for you?
1: We see them posing for pictures with them. Yeah. And,
0: and then we see army
1: guys crawling on the ground running away from zombies. Rather than, like, the red... I mean, the fact that, like, the rednecks seem to be on equal terms... With a trained, responsible, accountable military. It just like wow, really this is this is way too America for me. <laughs> and I just thought it would be really nice if it turned out that these rednecks became the raiders over time. But, you know, they never engaged that opportunity. It would have been great if we saw those same rednecks later on leading the raiders, and the military's gone, like the military made the mistake of trusting them. And the raid and the rednecks just absorbed them, the ones that they didn't kill.
0: Hmm.
1: It would have made it would have made a nice B plot if we could see the evolution of the raiders. Yeah. True. True. True.
0: Okay, so on my list for the bad, and I'm pretty certain we've already talked about this uh, before we started recording. I, so I think we're going to agree. Movie was too long.
1: Oh, fuck. Two hours and 20 minutes.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of filler that could have been cut. They start off, like, it's, like I, I already mentioned this. They start off really good. Like, it took no time. The whole newsroom scene, I thought that was so good. Like, it showed, like, how things are starting to break down. There's panic. People are. Chaos is rising. Exactly. Like, it's starting to. It, it, everyone was starting to lose their shit. And then it goes right into the uh, SWAT team. Uh, with the apartment complex, it like starts off with a freaking bang. Yeah, what was the purpose there? Were
1: they there to kill zombies, or was it just like an ice raid that went bad?
0: I think it was like mandatory uh, evacuation, and some people like from what I gathered from it is that there's some people refused to evacuate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be in a shithole living in a stadium.
1: I want to live in my in my in the shithole I know.
0: Yeah, and uh, and I think that they knew that they were holding some of the dead in there. Yeah, that was pretty stupid on their part, but... Well, you know, that's... people. Mike, people are stupid. You honestly think... Like, think about what would happen here if... Uh, you know, this is the thing. Like, uh, some people... All, I've heard people say this before. When we, We've been watching... I've uh, watched zombie movies with people and say, Oh, you know what? The zombie apocalypse can never happen because... Um, think about it. Like, the zombies got to bite somebody to get them to the turn or whatever. And uh, it would get... It would get taken care of really quickly. And I'm like, no, it, if people were sensible, it could get taken care of quickly. But people are dumb. People are going to say, like, no, no, I'm not la- allowing you to destroy the body, you know, this dead body of my loved one or whatever like that. I have, I
1: have, to, I have to light candles and do prayers. And
0: exactly. I, I have You'll to have...
1: take them out to the graveyard. So that means I'm going to put them in the backseat of my car while I drive them to the cemetery to give them a proper burial. And, whoa, fuck, I've been attacked in the car from behind. I could not have seen this coming.
0: Yeah, when, uh, you know, it is true. Like, we're talking about a completely, like, impossible fictional situation here. But if it really did happen, that's how it would spread. It would be because, not because of how uh, super contagious this whole thing was, how uh, much of an epidemic it could be. It's, uh, the real threat is just how dumb people are going to react to it. So... That's my thought on it, <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, but anyway, what were we talking about? We we're talking about the movie being too long. How did we get here? <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, there was there was a lot of stuff that could have been cut down that you wouldn't have lost anything. Like uh, you, you know, didn't really add anything to the movie. It was just there for filler. And you know how much of a fan I am of just needless filler. Oh yes, yeah. Just listen to our podcast. I'm telling you, I've said how many times? I've said it like every at least every second episode. I'm like. Ninety minutes is the perfect runtime for a, for a horror movie. If you can't tell your story in, in uh, ninety minutes, you're talking too much. Or your podcast. Yes, that too, <laughs> Mike. <Yeah.
1: laughs> and uh, speaking of bad podcasting, uh, shitty editing.
0: Oh,
1: well, yes. This movie had shitty editing, like especially when you when they clear out the uh, the gas station and they uh, go into this shed. And, uh, Peter takes out two kids who rush him, but when he shoots at them, like, the way they fall or fly from being shot is not where they were standing before. Like, the editing on this is terrible. Like, he fires a gun, then you see, like, close-ups of their faces, and then they get, like, thrown back onto a chair, but with no gore on
0: them. It's... Well... Um, watch this scene again because what it looked like to me he attacked him and he actually throws him onto the couch and then shoots him
1: well I guess like still like it was bad editing in the close ups like it was very disorienting
0: yeah I think it had something to do because I actually read something about this because uh, I think it had something to do as well where they could not show like kids being shot <laughs> Um, some kind of, you know, some kind of, uh, film, uh, laws at the time and probably still is now. And like, but, uh, I don't think they could show, like actually show, like uh, depict kids being shot like that. Um, well, and we the got ending to, was we, got, bad. we got to see I, it
1: and we got to see a boy get his arm bent off.
0: Yeah. But I mean that, well, you know, that's 30 years later as well. Don't forget. <laughs> yeah. But have movies gotten really grosser? Cause actually 40 years. What am I saying? It's 40 years later. Um, oh, damn it. I know. Um... But, um, yeah, I think, it, like, it, I do agree, like, that was bad editing. I fully agree with what you said, but I think um, at the time they did it the way, you know, there was a certain way that they had to do it, and maybe at the time this was the best they could, they could come up with.
1: I still think he could have like taken a bunch of shitty takes out of it and have the guy fire his gun, and then you have two like have just two dolls drop on the ground.
0: Yeah, I think it would have been more effective if you just saw like the, the zombie kids grab him, see him push them back. And then just see him without... You don't even have to show it to kids. See him push them yeah. back and then him just pick up his gun, point, like, downward and take, make two shots.
1: Yeah, and just put, like, a close-up on his face where he looks, like, disturbed or pained yeah. by what he has to do. Well,
0: this is what I read about. First of all, like, other than the editing, I did like the scene because, you know, we, we, he hears uh, shuffling. Peter hears shuffling in the closet. He <laughs> actually takes, like, a shot through the closet door, but, like... He aims for the head of an adult. Of an adult, and then when a the door comes open, two zombie kids come running out. I thought that was so fucking cool. <laughs> that was good thinking.
1: But one example of egregious editing, and I don't think you can oh, justify yeah. this one, was when you get to see Tom Savini slash Mandy Patinkin getting <laughs> sh- getting shot <laughs> by exactly fly. you gonna say <laughs> getting shot by flyboy in the head or the chest, and then somehow turning around and leaping off the balcony. <laughs> After sustaining a fatal wound and being surrounded by zombies.
0: Yeah. That was just
1: unforgivably
0: bad. That was a fuck up. He yeah, falls over this uh, falls over the railing, coming down, to, like, straight down. But then when you see him, when he actually hits the fountain, he's coming in at, like, a, a 45 degree angle.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. From shooting, you think he would, like, he went from falling off the balcony to jumping off the balcony.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It <laughs> it didn't make any sense.
0: Yeah, it's uh, that that yeah. Oh, oh, I I totally agree. I, like I'm not when you, with the scene with the kids. I'm not defending the editing. I'm just saying that like I think uh, it might have got chopped up in a way that uh, like during the editing process that they couldn't show the kids actually being shot. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the editing was bad. Not quite Night of the Living Dead bad, <laughs> but. Where a person Not will good. actually
1: teleport their, where a person's face will do a complete 180 without yeah, any, yeah. without any movement in between.
0: Yeah. And, uh, there were some scenes too with the editing where you saw, like, um, uh, I especially like the whole, like, uh, the redneck, uh, zombie killing party where, uh, some, I think it was where they blew up a car because you see them knock down some zombies first. So there's some zombies... You know, just continuity error. error. They fall down the dead around tank. the car. Then the car blows up. When you see the car blow up, it's a wide shot, and there's absolutely no bodies around it whatsoever.
1: <laughs> yeah, they couldn't even put like a mannequin to be knocked yeah. down.
0: I mean, it was a shot. For, it was a wide shot from far away. It could have like stuffed some clothes and just laid it down, you know, yeah, in put, the shape of a body. Put up a straw man notice. or something, and yeah, put up a scarecrow and then,
1: like have it get blown up and sent flying. Something. Yeah,
0: just uh yeah i anyway just weird stuff like that um but i was reading something an article about uh it, with uh, an interview with Ken Forey, who played Peter and uh he talked about a scene and he said that scene was hard to for fi- hard for him to film and hard for him to watch after the movie after the movie was done the kid scene yeah because uh, he had, he said it itself His kids were like very young at the time when he played, when he got this part, and just uh, having to like you know, film a scene where he has to kill a couple of kids. He said it was just very like uh, emotional for him. Hmm. But yeah, okay, yeah, definitely, totally agree with you. Editing in this was uh, was pretty rough. Um, some of those. Poorly edited scenes could have been cut down. You know, take away from some of that long runtime. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, did you have anything else to add to the bad?
1: Uh, Flyboy going off to save experienced SWAT members by shooting in a dark boiler room. Also, oh. how many times can a bullet ricochet?
0: Yeah, um, I can answer that. Not that many.
1: Bing, 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 bing. Like I like with with the, with these bullets bouncing around like magic pinballs, I really was expecting Roger to cap himself. Like Flyboy to cap himself mm-hmm. at this point and then come back as a zombie and just like force the wife to force his girlfriend to do something useful.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was But uh... nope,
1: Mikey was denied.
0: Yeah. I I really don't think that's how ricochets work. <laughs> but... Okay, so I don't have anything else for the bad.
1: Uh, well, uh, mine is just, I'm pissed off with how sloppy these raiders are. Like, again, for being on the road, you'd think they would know to go for the head, but they just drive past zombies, blasting them in the chest, and moving on. Like, the zombies aren't even dropping, and they seem to think, like, yep, mission accomplished, I'm done, moving on. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, the stupidity of it.
0: Yeah. Well, I could add to that too, not just the Raiders, but like, uh, for people that were like, I mean, like I said, we, one of the good things, these characters cooperate, they work together, they had a good plan and they're smart. I mean, they're, they're obviously got some good survival skills, but we all of a sudden it's like <laughs> Roger lets his guard down. All of a sudden when they're trying to hot water the trucks to block the entrances of them mall, like if that was you, wouldn't you be constantly, like, well, first of all, shut the goddamn door because zombies can't open the doors. You're laying down like you know unprotected uh, in the on the fucking floor of a truck. Shut the door so if zombies do you know figure out that you're there, they can't get to you to kill you, to bite you. Like he was killed by a plot device.
1: Yeah, like he, he like they ended up driving the trucks between each other, which I think you could have dri- You could have, if you had to line up one truck to get into another truck, you could have, like you know, scrape some paint. And just, like, drive the truck into the other truck so that you absolutely squash, crush, and paste any zombies in between. Yeah. Then you can easily climb through the window. And also, the fact that he, like, uh, like had to leave the truck like an idiot and then get bit. Like, yeah. It yeah, just this... seems
0: so out of character. Like, they were so smart about everything leading up to this. Especially, like, uh, Roger and Peter were, like, just... Handling situation so well, and Roger just seems to forget all of a sudden that zombies exist.
1: Yeah, he lost his fucking mind. Like you saw him screaming and hollering again, like a good. This is like a Dukes of Hazard extra on meth. Yeah, because he's just like yeah, yeah, woo, woo,
0: and he got you just... by the ass. <laughs> and uh, oh, yeah, yeah, now they got you by the ass, so. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, yeah, he just—it's like, like, oh, that's such a what a stupid way f- for them to do this. Like he, like literally, it just seems like he just forgot that there were zombies around and he gets bitten and ends up dying.
1: Yeah, you think if you're going to hotwire a truck or something, that you would just go one at a time, and one guy would stand guard while you're doing your fiddling.
0: Yeah. Anyway, that's all I had for the bad. Uh, so does that take care of your list? Yeah. All right.
1: Oh, so- uh, one thing I did. Like, like mentioning the Raiders Like I have to Like one thing I did want to say was that You know considering how stupid and disorganized They are maybe the Rednecks Did become the Raiders
0: not oh, maybe <laughs> Yeah that's it I don't know I think the Rednecks were keeping it pretty tight Like you know they were uh, there were some good old boys But like you know What can I say, in a situation like this, if it comes to, like, you know, we need a bunch of guys uh, that know how to use a gun, they're going to know how to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I think they were more organized than these raiders were, so... Anyway, alright, we're going to go into what is easily Mike's favorite category, the the what-the-fuck category. Uh, Like I said, anything that confused us, really just seemed to stick out, something very odd, or something that just made us unintentionally laugh.
1: <laughs> oh, and there was definitely
0: some of that. There was some. Movie. I know some was it just... Some of it was intentional, just to be humorous, but still, like, why would somebody do this in this situation? But anyway, we got a lot to add to this one. Um, Mike, you mentioned this before before we, we, uh, we were recording, but why don't you go ahead? I know you're uh, itching to talk about this.
1: When, when they're approaching the mall in a helicopter, the guys, <laughs> Roger says... It looks like one of those big indoor shopping centers. You know, malls. <laughs> like, like, were the malls outside before? This is the 70s. They've been around since the 50s. You've had 20 years to get used to these things. And then, again, he explains the can. Continue, Roger continues explaining the obvious again. When he hands a can of Spam to, to New Barbara. And he goes, do you have a can opener? No, I didn't think to bring one. Well, don't worry. It's got its own key. This motherfucker is explaining spam now? <laughs> For yeah. fuck's sakes. And the mall like when they talk about like oh we don't see a generator it must be nuclear.
0: D- yeah, d- one of those nuclear powered malls, you know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Did this ever fucking happen? Do they have nuclear powered malls?
0: Uh, that's something that I've always wondered about. It's like was that it actually would be a, gra- a thing? It would be a great idea. I mean, you wouldn't run out of power anytime soon. Yeah. That, I, I always thought that was really odd, too. Okay. So. Oh. One of the zombies I got to talk about, man. Always makes. It's from the first time I saw this movie, I thought it was hilarious. I don't know if you noticed it, Mike. Did you notice the nurse zombie?
1: Uh. Shit. shit. From. What point? That like, was beginning, some, middle, like, or end.
0: That was some fucking grade A overacting on the extra that played the freaking nurse zombie. And you see her in a few scenes, too, which is the best. It's not just one time she pops up. She pops up a few times. And, uh... <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can find a shot of her while, while we're doing this. But, um... The look on the person's face, the actress's face, <laughs> it's just the best. And, uh... She's like she's all bug-eyed first of all, and she's stammering around the way she positions herself is just just some of the finest uh, overacting I've ever seen. So you didn't know, you didn't notice that one?
1: Uh maybe not. Like I did space out from time to time.
0: So, yeah, it's just uh, just hilarious. She's bobbing around like, you know, she, she looks like she's completely paralyzed from the waist up. Uh, she's got her arms extended. She's just, it's just amazing. Um, and I, I know both of us are going to mention this too. Uh, the, do you want to say, or we talked about this because we were both laughing at this. Do you want to talk about it? We're we talking about the hockey zombies. <laughs> Well, no, there's those, but no, another specific thing. Uh,
1: well, uh, before we get to that, I was just thinking when he goes, like, why did they go to the mall? Well, it's their strongest memory. And I'm thinking, maybe they just died in the mall, you dumbasshole. <laughs> <laughs> I it's where a lot of people is, like a zombie outbreak could fuck up a mall. Yeah, that's true. But uh, are we going to be talking about uh, a certain raider?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my Whoa, God. okay. I want to talk about the raiders in general first, because, like, man, they, they supplied a lot of hilarity. And I want to talk about the first time you see them, because you see uh, the lead raider played by Tom Savini, Blades is his name. You see him scoping out the mall with the uh, <laughs> with the binoculars. Cause you see, uh, I think it's when uh, Flyboy is uh, teaching Francine how to fly the helicopter. Yeah. So they see the helicopter. That's what gets their attention. You see him landing it on the mall, so they're watching them get out of the helicopter. And... And Tom Savini's not alone.
1: He's got Colonel Clink beside him from fucking Hogan's Heroes.
0: Yeah, he's like this, this, like guy that looks like uh, I don't know. This guy was definitely like captain of the bowling team, uh, and he's got an army helmet on. He's got like a like a, like, a, like a a tweed jacket and, a, and an army helmet on. He's fucking hilarious. And he's just like, uh, he's that's got such how he do goofy it. stash. Yeah, that's how he do it. Look, they're getting in through the roof. And he's just standing next to him. It's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> everything oh. impresses this guy. And then he point then he, Tom Avini points out, that it's like, do you use trucks to block the entrances? Yeah, trucks. <laughs> it's like, he's, oh, am, he's
1: amazed by everything. <laughs> it is the best. He's got a double digit IQ for
0: sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the Raiders. The Raiders are great. And uh, then Tom Savini pulls out his... I think like they really wanted to highlight his uh, switchblade comb. His little mustache <laughs> comb. <laughs> and he pulls out. And uh, then we got to talk about this guy because, well, the Raiders, they swarm them all. They blast everything shit. They get inside. They let all the zombies in. They're taking just, like, the dumbest stuff. Like, some of them actually go for, like, some useful stuff. Guns and ammo and everything like that. Most of them start stealing jewelry for some reason. Jewelry, perfume. Perfume and uh, zombies' wallets. <laughs> and one of them is
1: dressed like a Mexican Nazi. <laughs> He's got it's a like, sombrero <laughs> and, <laughs> a, and a vest, an army vest with a swastika sewn on it.
0: And this is at the point as well where Flyboy is shooting at them. He decides this is the time to go get his blood pressure checked. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and they don't even clear like that section of the mall. He's being swarmed by zombies, and he just
0: thinks, "Yo, man, this is a great time to check my BP." Yeah. And what's the best? Though, is, like you know, like they're in the middle of a freaking zombie horde. Somebody's shooting at him. Like if that the zombies weren't enough, somebody's shooting at him. He decides to get his blood pressure checked. And while the first guy we talked about was like gets way too excited about everything, one of the raiders comes to this guy, and he just goes like. Hey man, what the hell are you doing? There's somebody shooting at us. He's so nonchalant, like so calm about it. It's not like, what are you doing? There's someone shooting at us. Why are you getting your checking your blood pressures? Hey man, there's somebody. <laughs> what the hell are you doing? There's someone shooting at us. And oh. then just walks away. So many characters
1: like like super hippie with the sledgehammer. He's got like the long hair, the psychedelic bandana, the chains on, and he's just swinging his hammer around like a. Is like that the a guy who's going to steal the TV? Oh, yeah. And the guy's like, What are you going to watch on that thing? Oh, you got a point. And then he throws a small TV at a big TV. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then he whips out the sledgehammer. You ever been so pissed off that you killed a big TV with a small TV? <laughs> <laughs> killed them with their own kind. <laughs>
1: Uh, um, and then blood pressure boy obviously happens goes hap- back again <laughs> yeah obvious thing happens he gets surrounded by zombies he's got one arm chopped he's got one arm in the uh, in the sleeve
0: and the, he and the dumb shit gets like, the, 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 he when gets the guy pulled off. out to like what the hell are you doing he leaves then after like you know all his friends are starting to get killed you know they're getting shot up or eaten by zombies he runs back to the blood pressure machine but he's carrying, he's, what is the one thing he grabbed in the raid? He grabbed a mannequin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he doesn't even, and then he decides, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my arm in the sleeve, turn the machine on, and then just immobilize myself while I'm swarmed. And big surprise, they tear into him, they bite him, and they rip him, and they rip him away from the machine with his arm still in the sleeve, and it's like saying, like, blood pressure zero. Yeah.
0: Oh my god, it's just amazing. I can't believe the, I still can't believe to this day they put this in the movie. Amazing.
1: It's like Romero just thought, what if we put a guy with an IQ so low you had to dig to find it? And yeah, we just, really. we just let him be the architect of his own destruction. Mhm. And then the See, zombie, and then the raiders don't even protect themselves. They just grab their perfume. And <laughs> their jewelry, and they and they take off.
0: Yeah, the ones that were left, because a lot of them did get killed in this. Because we see a nice zombie feast, <laughs> raider feast going on afterwards.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, these these raiders, these are definitely some some shitty ass raiders. But I'm sure that there was at least one or two of them that had well, a good idea.
0: Yeah, like they could have, they could have easily taken this mall if they had like actually plotted out instead of trying to smash and grab type of uh, approach if they had actually planned things out uh maybe not have radioed th- th- the survivors what they were going to do at the beginning <laughs> but yeah. yeah you would think that there would have been at least like one or two of the raiders that would have said hey you know maybe this whole smash and grab thing is not the best idea
1: and maybe Romero did did originally go along those lines but I guess he felt maybe the movie was running a little too long.
0: Yeah, really?
1: <laughs> and so he decided to take out this one scene that could have that could have taken the Raiders in a completely different direction. But luckily for you, like there is no such thing as too long on this podcast. So we will be I del- disagree. <laughs> Well, luckily for you people, we did manage to find some of this footage. Again, only in audio format. It seems like there's so much going on in movies that they, that they record the audio without the video. But, you know, it works for us because, well, you'd be getting the same thing anyway. So we did manage to find this deleted footage of some sensible raiders who I guess Romero thought he would have to spend too much time rewriting the ending. So he just went in a different direction... But we did get to see some sense take over on, well, we tried to see Common Sense try to take over on this week's It Came from the Cutting Room Floor. (laughs) Okay, like the boss said, these people in that mall have everything we need. Woo! Woo! They have food. Weapons, ammo, they have medical supplies, survival gear, money, jewelry. What? There's probably all kinds of fancy stores in there. Imagine all the cool merch. Um, why would we need money and jewelry?
0: Yeah, we should probably just concentrate on the essentials. We're gonna go after them tonight.
1: After we take all this shit, we'll have plenty of stuff for life on the road for at least a month.
0: Um, is that really the best plan? Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm all for attacking this place, but they seem to have a pretty good setup. They've obviously been there for a while. I guess what I'm saying is maybe we should take them all and live there?
1: That's not what raiders
0: do, okay? Well, we don't actually have to be raiders, do we? Yeah, we could just settle down.
1: No settling! We get the stuff, we keep moving, got it? Mmm, uh, oh, fine. fine. Okay, well, if we're going to attack
0: them all, we should at least secure it with a plan. Yeah, like an attack formation. I suggest we use spears and trash can lids, like, like a Roman phalanx, so we keep our numbers alive. And we could have the snipers to keep us from being surrounded. Yeah,
1: and we could have melee weapons on the edge mixed with short-range firearms to deal with the mobs. We can make a grid, clear them out section by section. That way we can hit the stores at our leisure. Or we could just rush in, get in the mix, whack them with whatever we find, maybe even pies, like a good old-fashioned beatdown. Or not that, and we survive. Or we smash in grab what we want and move on gosh man live a little actually i want to live a lot so can we go with the same plan and not this wacky land chaos garbage plan that's currently in place okay it's settled tonight we'll radio them and tell them we're coming
0: what why would we tell them we're coming that is the worst thing we could do if they don't know we're coming we keep the element of surprise Maybe we catch them off guard. These people have some big-time survival skills. We don't want them to be ready for us. No! We tell them we're coming,
1: because that's how badass we are. It's the Raiders Code! That is literally the dumbest thing I've heard. I agree. Fuck this code. I'm not a Raider anymore. Me too! (laughs) Well, more for the rest of us. Okay, we raid tonight. We radio them, load up on weapons, and then take all their shit. Woo!
0: Woo! Oh, thank God those guys are dead. They were driving my blood pressure up. I hope there's a place inside the mall where I can check it. Woo! Yeah. See, that's it. That's mob mentality. Like, you know, unfortunately, when the mob works itself up into a frenzy, doesn't matter if there's a couple of people that are level-headed. They, uh, they just don't get listened to.
1: Intelligence cannot prevail
0: no nope.
1: when the mob that's like that's like democracy in in
0: action yeah okay well um you know sometimes i've got it figured out other times i have no idea this time i have no idea what you're going to go with because you had quite a few good ones uh, very curious what you're going to use for your little segment here
1: oh yeah there is no shortage of pickings. ...on this week's Kill of the Week. So, you can start off at the beginning with super racist Mario... ...getting blown out the back by his comrades. Or the, uh... ...one of the uh, girls in the tenement... ...decides to hug her clearly zombified boyfriend... ...who then proceeds to bite her... ...her neck and her arm. And this is like... ...this is where the special effects really shine... Did mm-hmm. you get to see like visible chunks being bitten oh, out of her?
0: Yeah, that was good. Oh, that was
1: that was really good. And so many kills, like the guy get like <laughs> the zombie that got a little taken off the top. But I have to say, uh, we've already talked about it, but we can't talk enough about it. His <laughs> blood pressure, Mexican <laughs> Nazi. Like, there's so much about this guy. Like, is, is this guy just wearing shit he found? Or is he truly like a Mexican guy that believes that, you know, like, he's part of an industrious race. But the white race, that's really, like, if he could have had his choice, that's, like, that's what he would have gone with. And his stupidity didn't end there. Because, again, he thought, I'm going to bind myself to one exposed, wide open location. While my friends are clearly not having my back. Just so I can entertain some stupidity. And I'm gonna arm myself with an eighty pound <laughs> unwieldy mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> and the gore. When he gets ripped off that machine, it looks like he's like he's being ripped. His arm is being ripped off. And then he's like screaming as they rip open his as they rip open his chest and you see guts and entrails just slipping through the zombie's fingers. It's I mean, it is stupid as hell. But damn, it looks great. And mm-hmm. if anybody deserved to die, even more so than the leader who started this stupid raid in the first place, it's just this idiocy. He got what he deserved.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. That was an idiot's demise, for sure. So, yeah. No, good one. I, I totally agree. I, I wasn't quite sure what you are going to pick, but like, as soon as you started leading towards that one, I had to agree. Well, guys, that is Dawn of the Dead, uh, considered by most people as one of the greatest zombie movies ever made, and uh, I have to agree. Like, it's certainly uh, certainly one of the top ones, very influential. So many movies were inspired by this one. Um, was remade in 2004. Did you see the remake? No, I haven't seen any of the Dead remakes. Um Remade by, directed by Zack Snyder, actually.
1: Oh, so there was a lot of slow motion slash flat fast motion bite scenes uh, where people get yeah, flipped. Yeah, it
0: was uh, <laughs> very much his style. <laughs> where a person, um, where zombie's
1: like running at somebody at super speed yet slow motion.
0: <laughs> it, yep. It absolutely, <laughs> and um, a lot of people. There's a lot of disagreement about. Uh, about this one, about the remake. Very little connected to the original. Uh, basically, the characters are not the same. The zombies are not the same. It actually has fast zombies. Like, full-out sprint, run you over type zombies. Uh. Um, which, I'm not... I'm okay with fast zombies. There's a big debate about slow versus fast zombies. I'm okay with fast zombies, uh, to be quite honest. They, the look of the zombies were great in this one. Um... I think I could only reconcile a fast
1: zombie if you're dealing with, like, a rage virus. Because that would explain, like, they're running on adrenaline. Like, they are in a state of hyper-aggression. That is where it makes sense that they wouldn't be slow. That they would be, like, ravenous and super fast. Yeah. But, you know, if you're dead, your joints are decaying. Your brain is inactive. It's like the opposite. You are depleted. It would only make sense for you to be slow, so... Right, fast zombies, no, but fast rage virus, yes.
0: Yeah, like the difference between like in like some kind of uh, like rabid hu- infected humans versus undead. Yeah, but these were undead and fast.
1: Yeah, that seems like a bit of
0: a wasn't bad. I'm gonna say like I'm not I'm not one of these guys that act, like immediately put something down because it's a remake. Because uh, we've seen in the past that some remakes can be decent. The only thing that connects this one uh, with the original is that it has zombies and the majority of the movie takes place with the survivors holding up in a mall Huh. Um, Roger and Peter do make cameos and Tom Savini and, and when I say Roger and Peter I mean Ken Forey and uh, who played Peter and I don't know the actor's name that played Roger they do make cameos playing different characters of course but they <laughs> do make cameos in the movie uh, Tom Savini makes a cameo in this So, uh, it was pretty cool to see that. Uh, It's worthwhile. Does he he fall off a balcony in slow motion? No. (laughs) Nothing like that. It's got some good scenes. Overall, it's good. I do recommend it, but uh, to me, it doesn't compare to the Dawn of the Dead original. And uh, so, of course, like with Night of the Living Dead, that was also remade, I wondered what our followers thought of it. So, I did a couple of uh, polls, one on Facebook, one on Twitter. With simple, uh, <laughs> simple question, which version of Dawn of the Dead did you prefer—the 1978 original or the 2004 remake? And uh, yeah, were remember un- with Night of the were- Living Dead, there was uh, the numbers on Facebook and Twitter almost com- were complete polar opposites. Yeah, there was this a one schism. not so much.
1: Oh, so uh, we got people more online.
0: Yeah, the end uh, of the online, the The uh, Facebook poll ended with. Uh, The original 1978 version taking 77% of the votes. Uh, The Twitter poll had the original winning with 61% of the votes. So both in favor of the original. But a lot of people said, you know, even people said that they voted for, they were leaving comments. Even though they voted for the original, um, they all felt that the remake still is good in its own right. So, check it out. I would recommend checking out Remake. It is, like I said, if you can get past... If it was called anything else, other than Dawn of the Dead, I probably would have liked it better. (laughs) Just would have said, like, oh, it's another zombie movie that takes place in a mall, but it's complete. Other than that, the story is completely different.
1: I know, they could have just called it Shop Till You Chomp or something.
0: Yeah, anything. Like, uh, but... uh, yeah, in itself, it's not bad. I enjoyed it. Me and uh, me and my wife, some friends, watched it, and uh, we, we all liked it, so... Check that one out. And uh, that's it. That's Dawn of the Dead. Guys, that's all the movie coverage we have. Hope you enjoyed it. We're not done with the episode just yet because we do want to hear from you. Um, what do you think of our thoughts of Dawn the Dead? Did you agree? Disagree? Um... What do you think would be a better place to hold out in a zombie apocalypse other than a shopping mall? Give us your suggestions. Um, or, if, once again, we'd like to hear what movies you want us to cover. We know like throughout March we're, we've got a theme, we've got our movies set out. But other than that, we usually go with people's suggestions. So if you got a movie suggestion as well, let us know. You can email us at graveyardshiftpod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at GYS underscore horror pod. And you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the graveyard shift pod. And I got to remember this because this is fairly new, but now you can follow us on um, Instagram Instagram. as well. Instagram.com slash the graveyard shift pod. So you can check us out there. You can uh, look there for all our screenshots that Mike loves to take. (laughs) Mike's thoughts and screenshots. Exactly. Mike's always every movie we watch, Mike's sending me screenshots with um his thoughts on what's happening and uh usually while I'm at work, and so I have to stop and read everything that he's sending me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, you and, have to stop doing
0: work to enjoy a little bit of a little bit of my thoughts. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> um but uh you can t- check us out there and uh guys if you could do us a favor, check us out on iTunes, um or the Podbean app, Stitcher, Google Play, whichever way you find our podcast. If you could rate, review, subscribe, that would help us out immensely. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you can help us out by making a donation to the show on Patreon. You can go to www.patreon.com/graveyard. All proceeds Um, Go to the uh, running of the show, some, you know, uh, administrative costs, just so that we can keep the show coming out to you guys. Uh, For as little as a dollar a month, you help out the show immensely, plus it gives you access to some Patreon-exclusive content. We post a Patreon bonus episode once a month, accessible only by you generous Patreon donors, so check those out. We just recently did a Valentine's Day episode where we watched a couple of Valentine's shorts and gave our thoughts on those. That was actually pretty fun. So check that out. But of course, we understand not everyone has the money to give us money. You can still help us out a ton. Like I said earlier, rate, review, subscribe, whichever way you find our podcasts. Sure, there's some kind of rating system there. And if you can't do that, Share us on social media. Share us by word of mouth. If you know someone that thinks would uh, you would be interested in listening to our podcast, let them know. And if nothing else, just keep doing what you're doing. Finding us, downloading, streaming, whatever you do every week with every new episode. And just enjoy.
1: Yeah, not every people, not everybody knows that Canadian people can be funny. So you got to make sure to, you know, spread that awareness. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, uh, yeah, if you could help us out, we greatly appreciate it. Mike, if people can't get enough of you, where can they hear more of your beautiful voice?
1: Uh, you can hear me talking with two Americans. Talk with or, Well, now it's just one American, since one took off. But we talk about Nintendo Power Magazine. Yes, the seminal gaming... In- Seminole Gaming magazine from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s that told us how to beat video games before the internet came along and then, uh, well, killed the industry. (laughs) Kind of got killed. But there was plenty of great artwork, letters, uh, breaking news talking about the uh, the upcoming Nintendo 64 with a disk drive, which never happened. And so it's great to just take a look at the past and see these outrageous ads from the 90s where apparently, like, grossing out or rebelling against your parents was like the cool thing to do. Yeah. So it was hip and edgy. <laughs> yeah. So you can hear us talk about that amazing stuff. And sometimes we talk about the games inside that magazine. Mm mm-hmm.
0: so, Yeah, check and, it out. If you're a fan of old Nintendo games or you had a subscription to Nintendo Power back in the day, I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah, so be sure to check that out.
1: Yeah, playingwithpowerpodcast.com as well as facebook.com slash playingwithpowerpodcast.
0: Awesome. So, yeah, you can uh, easily find it. So thank you again for joining us, guys. We hope you enjoyed this episode and uh, part two of our George Romero's Dead series. Um, we're gonna be coming back next week with part three so hope you're gonna join us for that until then I'm Sheldon and I'm Mike and thank you again for joining us on the graveyard shift <laughs> No more room in hell. The dead will go to the mall. And they
1: will not forget the robot.
0: (laughs) I hope there's a place inside the mall where I can check it.
1: And I'm wearing my best Nazi vest.